Hi, my name is Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash paulwheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash paulwheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. Okay, it's recording. I see the numbers going by. Um, uh, so I, I have no notes for this podcast, so we're just free-flying here. But it's late. The PDC, just we just finished talent night for the, for the engineers and scientists PDC. And uh, we used to call it the homesteaders PDC, but that just seems silly now. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, we, we made it clear that it was going to be for engineers and scientists this year, and that's that's who came. That was the, that was the bar that was set. And um, I got, I, I, boy, what a smooth ride this PDC has been this year. But we've got uh, most of the students. So one of the students already had to bolt. And, and so we've got most of the students here. And rather than go around everybody saying their, their name and stuff, I think, I think that, oh, no, we've got, of course, the instructor, Alan Booker, is here. And one of the guest instructors, uh, Jesse Peterson, is here. Although I, I'm, I'm trying to get better at not calling you Jessica. <laughs> Because you're like, oh, I want to be Jesse now. Oh, okay, cool. So I think you've not been in one of my podcasts before, but you have been in at least one of my videos. Yeah, I think two. You've been in two of my videos. Yeah. Okay. So um, I I got to say that uh, I like this format. I think this is the best PDC we have ever had here. And... Uh, I th- I think that one of the things is most because it seems like for all of the previous PDCs there would be drama of just the nuttiest it's like it's kind of getting to the point where it's like it's, it's, you feel a little bit like I don't want to have a PDC anymore because it just the people that come are just but this time uh, we say oh it's scientists and engineers it's going to be hard it's going to be packed we're going we're raising the bar we're, this is going to be intense this is not for beginners this is for people that have read not just a book but several books or listened to all the podcasts or something they are more committed to permaculture than the average person taking a PDC. And this has been drama-free. There's not, and maybe I shouldn't say anything because there's still a couple of hours left till everybody goes, but it's like there's not been a single thing. And um, uh, how how smooth. And, and then... Um, uh, we uh, had some some comedy on our end, and the person that was supposed to take care of a lot of things uh, uh, bailed. And uh, Jocelyn stood in to um, uh, fill in as the cook. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sorry, this is I think this is the best we've ever done for food. Mm-hmm. Has the food been okay? Oh, outstanding! So we we have to take a, a break from the podcast for a second to basically. Say a big thank you to Jocelyn. Yeah, She's yeah. yeah. Jocelyn, amazing, amazing. <laughs> thank you. Just stunning. And uh, yeah. just to remind everybody, uh, for those of you, there's a couple people here, if I recall correctly, that uh, they're vegans. Is it just one person, or is there more than one? 
just just one, just one. And so uh, normally we don't serve vegan food, but Fred came down. <laughs> so so because because Fred's awesome, then Jocelyn always makes something vegan for Fred. And uh, and so vegan is what we we got whenever Fred was around. So you got lots of vegan food, yay! Yay! <laughs> Fred and got vegan food. That's right, and we we just wanted Fred as a as an honorary member of our class, and so we just <laughs> asked him to hang out with us whenever he would. Because Fred's awesome like that. Well, I, I do know that Fred dodged uh, the the rabbit harvest day. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because of course it makes sense. Vegan. Did you dodge the rabbit harvest day too? No. No. I no. Didn't. Okay, so you were there for rabbit harvest. Did yes. you skip the rabbit harvest? No. No. Oh, yeah, it was filmed it. You filmed it. Yeah. Oh. Oh my. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, um, and and I think uh, I'm, I'm wondering if one of the ingredients and why we ended up with such a, a good group, and I know this is going to sound dumb, but humor me for just a second, is uh, my understanding is most of you were warned to not come to this event. Uh, who who did not get the warning? Two I didn't people, get a warning. Two people didn't get the warning. <clears throat> not at all. So so are you are you crushed? I mean. I, there's this there's this obnoxious giant here who uh, uh, uses the full wonderful beauty of the English language. I'm, that's I understand that that can frustrate some people. Not at all. It, it worked out okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Seth, Paul's idiosyncr- idiosyncratic, but you know he's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you get to know me. I'll change your mind. Seth, was it all right? I was able to get by. Get, got by. <laughs> so everybody else, you you got all the warnings that you needed, um, both in the. Uh, I, I've heard that some of you read the article that I wrote about. It goes something like, uh, avoid Paul Wheaton, avoid Wheaton Labs, avoid anything to do with Paul Wheaton, and mm-hmm. I'm Paul Wheaton. Yeah, yeah. And and so you read that, mm-hmm. and then of course I embedded the Fouch video in that, so you could know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you came anyway, and yeah. and so uh, you so there must be something about like uh, whatever whatever you saw must not have been persuasive. Of course, scientists and engineers, maybe uh, you need a, a, a white paper or something like before you buy into it. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Um, I, I don't think there's much else to say on that. I, I find it kind of comedic, but I do think that it's possible that maybe some of the element that we've had in the past were people that would see something like that and think that, you know, oh, yeah, I'm not going there. And so then that kind of thinned the herd a bit. But I actually liked your answer. I didn't see the movie that you were talking about, but I saw your article and I thought it was really very, very funny and <laughs> and, and, and also very sensitive in a way. So despite the, the, the big F words and all the rest, I, I really thought that you were like a... Yeah, a big hugging bear, actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, big, definitely. Not, not, and uh, yeah, let's not go into the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I, I wanted to just kind of make a quick little summary of this PDC, and and it's kind of like, I kind of want to cover. There's probably a lot of people listening to this podcast and that have never taken a PDC. And then um, the answer, the, the, the thing I want to share is, should you take a PDC? Now, of course, Jesse, you also teach PDCs. How many, how many PDCs have you taught now? 
I have taught two total, I guess, where I was actually part of like running it and one of the main teachers. Okay. All right. Which is a big deal. I mean, there's a lot to that. And you've probably been a guest instructor to a bunch of others. Yeah, just a few times. But yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah okay. I um I don't think I've ever led a PDC, and I kind of don't want to. Um, uh, myself, but I, I enjoy being a guest instructor, and I enjoy attending a PDC where my obligations are light. And I think, and, and Alan asked for a certain format, and and at during the the presentations of the designs today, I kind of had a little regret that I didn't get more involved earlier in the week. But uh, I think Alan's design is probably acceptable for the most part. But I, I would want to enhance it a little bit. Let me throw the idea by you, and you guys can tell us if this might be something we might try uh, next year. And so this year what we did is that I steered clear of the classroom mostly, and I made it a point to make sure to share meals with uh, the class at every meal. And, and then um, a lot of times I would start the meal off by saying, what did you learn today? And and then uh, uh, we would go from there about how I think that's stupid or something. Well, I would have alternative views. And actually, I believe that Alan and I agree probably somewhere in the space of 96 to 97%. Does that sound fair, Alan? Yeah. 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 I think we, we, we've both had a lot of different experiences. I know that one of the things I started figuring out was that Paul, the, the pattern I started to see is Paul has seen a lot of the ba- very powerful tools the permaculture has to offer and has seen how they can be abused because mm-hmm. of just having a wide exposure to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so what I always would read is, aha, what Paul is now doing is giving us a warning about all the ways these things could possibly be abused as well, which to me is a great compliment to talking about the tools themselves, because that's just part of the wisdom of learning how to use powerful tools. I think a good example is uh, 90% of the greenhouses I've ever seen on a homestead are built in the winter shade. Yes. And it seems like that's that seems like a pretty simple step that almost anybody would get, but but it's bizarre how people just don't. They just don't seem to understand that because you're building a greenhouse because you want to grow things in winter, but it's like if the sun doesn't reach the greenhouse at all all winter, it's not gonna it's not gonna work. Um, and so there's yeah there's I've seen a lot of stuff where it's not working for very simple reasons um, and and I think that most of our meals are uh, filled with me bitching about stuff but I'm and surely it hasn't been all me bitching about stuff surely there's been I've I've shared something at least that wasn't bitching about something. No one can think of a single fucking thing. <laughs> so the thing, that, that was the, the general format that we followed, is that uh, Alan would teach people things uh, through the day, and then I would ruin those things at meals. Uh, that's That was the, the format. Um, uh, and, and there are several people that have listened to, to bunches of the podcasts. I don't think anybody's listened to all of them. Um, okay. No. Um, uh, and I kind of feel like the thing I would like to add possibly for next year is on day six, I would like all of the students to each make a 60-second presentation, like like a design presentation. 
and I want to be there for it. And they're timed. And when the 60 seconds is up, the next person starts. And um, uh, the idea is is that those presentations are, are going to be pretty weak, but we'll be able to start pointing out some, some basic, simple flaws. And then I'd like to be there for it um, for a bunch of different reasons, uh, you know, to, to share little bits and bobs. Because like, I kind of felt like today some of the things that I shared I would have liked to have shared a week ago mm-hmm. and, and had people have more of a chance to, to build up on that. So um, then there was like stuff about uh, the, the animal systems. And, of course, uh, uh, Jessica, you taught that, right? Yes. I taught animal systems one and two. Yeah. And so I normally teach. That's that's one where I've got a very canned thing. Cause, like, well, and I use Alan's curriculum as well, but incorporated yeah. my images and just some of my personal Experiences. Okay, mm-hmm. and and when some animal stuff came up, then of course uh, there were there were some things that people said where it's like, oh, I want them to do it my way, not that way. That's so, why we had that coughing fit. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Was that whose presentation was that? Was it Ryan? 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 Yes. And and so I was trying to. So it's like, what are you gonna blueberries? What are you gonna? You what called mulberries. Yeah. So you're like, what are you gonna plant for the uh, for the chickens to eat? Mm-hmm. And it's like I've written a few articles on that one. Mm-hmm. And and it's like uh, so a, a big winner is is mulberries, mm-hmm. uh, and and another one was sunchokes. And and I was trying to like you know help out kind of sort of mm-hmm. well, very poorly. We didn't realize how much you hate goats. Or the concept of goats. So I've, ha- I've had goats. I've had <laughs> goats. <laughs> yeah. The so, smell of the males. So first the test defenses, and then there, then there's the smell. And I think that a lot of people think, oh, I'm gonna someday I'm gonna get a homestead and I'm gonna have goats, and because the baby goats are so cute. And it's and it's like uh, and then two years later they're like I am all done with the goats I am never gonna do a goat again and, and I just kind of want to save people that pain like like if you like baby goats find somebody who's got goats and then visit the baby goats that's all you got to do and and you're good you don't and then of course you got to have a buck over once in a while if you're gonna have babies you're gonna need a buck and uh, those those guys those bad boys will pee in their mouths and spit the piss all over themselves because the ladies love that. <laughs> but there are people who love goats, so, it's you know. True. Right. They do have and you can tell who loves goats by the way they smell. Mm. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> that's, that's been part of the fun of this entire thing, is that even though we agree 96% of the time, we, you know, there's we come, we've come at this from, well, both of us are kind of have a, engineering background. I've been an engineer for three decades, you know, and systems engineer, systems architect, and mm-hmm. so forth. And we have both very deep wells of experience and different ways of looking at the world. And mm-hmm. so oftentimes we'll kind of state things from very different parts, you know, viewpoints, and then discuss, and then it'll come, become more evident how we both really agree about things. But, you know, Paul is looking at it from one way, I'm looking at it from a little bit different and expressing it a little differently and so forth. And, you know, you know, just another little side note was this is actually the first time I have ever taught the two-week intensive as a two-week intensive. Every PDC I've taught till now has been in a weekend format. And, over um, how many weeks? Over 14 weeks. Mm-hmm. I do seven, seven um, weekends uh, every other weekend. 
And so th this was an, an interesting learning experience for me, too. Up until now, what's happened is every time we've done the design session, the design project, what I'll do is I'll give them homework, and then they'll go off for two weeks and come back, and they'll hand stuff in to me, and I will review it and hand it back to them. So I've got this constant pulse of, you know, letting them go out, have a little bit of time to work, come back. And so now we're in this very compressed, you know, format of two weeks, and it has everything has its trade-offs. And the trade-off here is, well, you know, you don't have all that, that time in between, but on the other hand, it's, it is this, there's an intensity of like the learning and the community and everything that goes on and just living in it and being emerged in it that doesn't exist in the weekend format. So yeah. there's definitely some trade-offs, but you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, okay, we're going to adjust a little bit how we do the design project to make it much stronger in this format. I think that's very doable. You know, the continuity that we saw in dealing in the way that you presented it, I think it was really excellent that we were able to see the overview of the whole thing pretty quickly yes. in the first couple of days, and then we were able to get into the details mm -hmm. of a lot of really interesting things. And I really think, Paul, you ought to attend his PDC <laughs> to be able to see where he's coming from and what how he's presenting this format, because I think a lot of the discussion and the, the disagreement that, that we had here was really over over um, not understanding this this context of how Alan does present this in a very systematic way, which was you know really why most of us came. We wanted to have a very rigorous kind of presentation that would give us a lot of information, a lot of resources, and yet give us the whole picture in a short period of time. I think that the bar was set really high for this PDC. And I think I think that uh, the students, I've, that all of the students at this PDC had extremely high expectations because the billing was to set the bar very high. And um, uh, I think I have not had a single, I've had several students come to me and talk to me privately to tell me that Alan has exceeded their expectations by far. Mm -hmm. uh, I would imagine that if anybody felt anything to the contrary, they'd come in and say something. Mm -hmm. So, um, But when you come into something like this, it's very hard to know what the level of you is mm -hmm. or anybody else and compared to our own expectations of what excellence is. And I've seen tremendous presentations all over the world and this was world class in terms of how things were presented yeah. but you, you can't you can't tell by you know your your descriptions of these things because you, you do it in your own way and nobody knows what your real perspective is if they haven't see if they don't know you well and, and the it, pod people know me I mean, I after I think I think that this podcast will be something like podcast number four hundred and three. Yeah, and so by if, now, if people are into it, into you. Oh, that's true. You know, that's and true. I was totally not. I I fully believe that ninety nine point nine nine percent didn't make it three minutes through the first podcast. So so they're like, screw this guy. But here's a really important thing: it is rare for me to find somebody that I can talk to. And I can talk to Alan. And, and it's like, uh, when I talk to most people, I have to think about how to um, uh, converse. And it's like, and, and it goes like this. 
they say something and, 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 and they believe that what they said was a great contribution. But And I think I've shared this in the podcast before, but I think most of you haven't heard this. And, and it sounds like this thing that I, I once heard when I was a teenager. While paddling up Shit Creek in your canoe and all four tires fall off, how many pancakes does it take to build a doghouse? None, because ice cream has no bones. Now, to the person saying it, it makes perfect sense. And I'm just trying to sort out, like, okay, I gather from your question that there's a doghouse involved. Okay? and and But you've decided... You're going to do a, a natural building out of pancakes. Am I am I with you so far? And there's a canoe, and you used to have tires on the canoe. Is that? And that's related, right? Okay, I'm just trying to answer your question, and so just work with. And and Alan's over here laughing his ass off because it's like he knows what I'm talking about. Talking to normal people, this is what it always sounds like. Yep. Yeah, and, and but when I talk to Alan, it's like Alan understands logic, reason, and fallacy. Alan's an engineer, mm-hmm. and so we speak what we call the, or at least what I call the language of the engineers. Yes, and everybody else sounds like a fucking politician, and it's like you know they're trying to spin something up and sell me some snake oil, and it's like I have such a hard time trying to decipher, and I'm trying to be helpful, but it's like, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. And so it's like, okay, I gotta, I'm sorry, I gotta spend the next 45 minutes unraveling that single sentence that you just threw out there. And it's like, I've already got 15 things I hate about it. And it's like, you know, 15 buttons have been pushed, and now I gotta give you my lecture on 15 different things. And you only said one sentence. So... When you tell me I don't know Alan's presentation style, I believe I do. I mean, I've sat in on some of it. I didn't say and, style. Oh, what, what did you say? I'm sorry. I said the way the the context and that he presents it in, the way that he is is putting all these pieces together. Not yeah, necessarily no, no. his style of presentation. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I would have to say that I have. I mean, first of all, Alan, do you believe that I understand? The, the the context? Do I understand your general message? I think you probably understand my general message pretty pretty well. I heard a rumor. I understand it pretty well. No, <laughs> if I were to, I would I would suspect because I know you haven't had time to go through all my notes. That's true. Let's see how it is. I have glanced through them. When yeah, you got you got a chance to just glance through them. And for those of you who haven't been here, I showed up and scared everybody half to death because I pulled my notes out the first day. They're 340 pages long, and I cover everything on every page in this mm-hmm. class. Okay, so it is it is incredible intense and there, and my writing style tends to be very information dense anyway so it's yeah. not 340 pages of fluff it's mm-hmm. 340 pages of engineering but I think one of my strengths I've developed over three decades of doing systems engineering systems architecture is this basically I would think of it as big picture engineering and how to think in whole systems and to think about complex dynamical nonlinear systems and how to embrace that complexity and then trying to get people to think as designers um, I, I have a phrase I call it permaculture toolbox rattlers mm. and what I see is a lot of people who say they're doing permaculture and I look at what they're doing and I say hmm 
you are dangerously close to being a permaculture toolbox rattler. And what I mean by that is they walk into a situation, instead of thinking about it as a holistic systems designer that is looking at the dynamic complexity around them, they basically go rummaging for their favorite tool in the toolbox and pull it out and go, aha, I like this tool. I swale, baby. Swales, yeah. That's one of the classics, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. there's a lot of others, you know. And um, they just want to throw... Biochar! It. Yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, all these things can be fantastic in the right context. Yeah. They're all very powerful tools that work really well in very specific contexts. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I really try to do is every time we talk about a tool or a technique or whatever, I try to really also discuss, all right, where is this applicable? Where is this not applicable? How could you modify this or modulate this approach so that you could use it in other places and it would still make sense? And where are places you should just avoid this altogether because it's completely wrong for this particular location? That kind of systems thinking is really like part of the bottom of what I'm trying to get at so that I see systems thinkers and systems designers coming out of the end of the, the pipeline. Which is the function of the design course instead of just a lot of details. Now, yes. I just want to, so how many pages was that again? 340 plus pages. 340, and, and how many pages, I'm going to guess 3,000 or so that ended up on the cutting room floor? So, if you I, go... Just knowing you. Yes. Um, what I would say is, you know, the people who know me, I have a 3,000 volume personal library. <laughs> Out of which probably about 400 of those volumes are reference for my 340 pages. Yeah. Um, so that's that's just, that's my bibliography for this for this. Thing. I guess I'm trying to say that mm -hmm. it was challenging for you to to reduce oh, it heavens, down yes. to oh, 340 heavens, pages. Yes. Absolutely. And that yes. there was a lot of very painful things, things. that had to be whittled that's out. Right. Yeah. And because permaculture is a, mm -hmm. a large and rich topic. Okay, Jessica's gonna. You know, go bonkers if I don't hand the microphone over. <laughs> what do you want, Jessica? I, just, I wanted to add on to what you were saying, and you were saying about the having kind of these tools that people just get excited about. They've heard the word. They, it works somewhere else. And just reemphasize that it's about connections more so than the design elements themselves and their connections like with the context that you're in, the bioregional mm -hmm. context. So I think that's what I hear time and time again yeah. with any type of systems thinking is it's less about the individual elements and more about how those elements are connected. And mm -hmm. so I think where people get and I and I think they innocently or, you know, when they're just getting started off with permaculture for the first time, like they've just just left left a course. I think we actually a lot of us don't think systemically. Um, maybe intuitively we do in some ways, but in terms of actually like making applications in permaculture when you get your PDC and then you launch out into the world to figure out how you're going to um, work with it in the world, maybe make a living. And I think at least my experience was that I I didn't necessarily just pick tools because I feel like in in the PDC I did where you were Paul and mm -hmm. with Skeeter Polarski we were told to not just like do an herb spiral or not just do a swale and yet when I was getting started I also didn't I felt a little bit of analysis paralysis as to like how to start on my landscape because my land 
didn't look like any of the land we had talked about in the course. And so I think as I've been practicing permaculture for the past six years and really like going full on in my landscape, it becomes clearer and clearer how important the connections are more so than the elements, just because you get so overwhelmed with all of the elements and the work you really, it, to get them to work for you, you actually have to have them be in the context of your bioregion, in the context of those elements with each other. And it starts to make more sense as you just really work with it. Yes. So the elements, which also could be called the techniques or the artifacts, um, it would be a little bit like your, your uh, ingredients in cooking. And so, for example, a wonderful element could be garlic. But when your mission is to make a chocolate cake, garlic might not be the thing you really want to add. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but there's other things garlic would go particularly good in. So um, swales would be a good example. So would biochar. Those, those tend to be my go-to ones. But a permaculture design course is about how to glue all the pieces together. Of course, we also need to mention, you know, go through the lists of all of the techniques and artifacts that could be part of a design. And then we, you know, experiment with all kinds of different ways they may or may not go together. <clears throat> so... All right. Now, the, the big question, and this is to the students, is um, there are people out there that have learned a lot about permaculture, and they are thinking um, about, well, they're thinking about taking a PDC, but they're probably more like likely thinking about not taking a PDC. And so I kind of want to get some feedback from some of the students about, like, um, now that you've gone through it, and, and by the way, they've, everybody here has completed Talent Night, and so they're all holding their certificates, so it's not like we take the certificate back if they say anything that isn't appealing. But does anybody have a thing to add about, like, uh, uh, to PDC or not PDC? Yeah, the PDC is tremendous for being able to get that big picture, but also to learn what resources are out there, good resources, because there's so much stuff to know where to go when you want to do more stuff. That's true. That's true. Um, uh, and I think I think that there's also going to be, you're going to cover a lot of bits and bobs mm-hmm. that you may not have picked up even from books. Like if you've read five, like, oh, I don't need to take a PDC. I've read five books. And so um, Celine's saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, have, you have more to add that than is, yeah? That is my language in, <laughs> in Belgium, huh? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I, I totally agree. I studied biology and I finished my master's degree uh, 17 years ago. And I thought that this PDC was going to be a, a good refresher of what I learned with a few new concepts. And... Um, I really had to fasten my seatbelt, <laughs> I said, Alan, on the first day, because the level is extremely high, but it is exactly what I wanted. Uh, actually, I have to say I chose the PDC for Alan and not for you, Paul. No, no, that's cool. That's <laughs> because cool. I didn't know about you, uh, Paul, but uh, I saw the resume of Alan on the on the PDC website, and I was convinced that this was not going to be a, a, a loss of time, um, and I didn't have a lot of time, so I said, okay, let's do it in two weeks, eh, and it's going to be a good refresher. It was super intensive, but very complete, scientifically very accurate, and also very up-to-date, and that's really, really what I liked, um, is that um, Alan really updated 
the the designer's manual of uh, of, of Jim um, of Bill Mollison. Mm -hmm. um, so he, he he really taught it completely and in a very fast pace, and also added the latest developments in science, which was very instructive, very very so. And uh, the brakes don't count on the brake guy, on the brakes guy because uh, uh, we have uh, three brakes of half an hour in one day. And it, the, discuss, the discussion just goes on, the learning goes on, all the time, all the time. I was surrounded by uh, a lot of architects. It was pretty hard as an only woman, uh, only woman here. I was very happy that Jocelyn was here to give me a break once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> but, is, is Jessica Ken's woman? I'm not sure. It's, it's like, yeah. What? Uh, Jessica? Yes, yes, of course. Of I, course. Yeah, but you, you, I heard you a rumor. Us. She's female. Yeah, you, you joined us the last uh, three days. Uh, yes, yeah, yes. Yes. I survived the first mm -hmm. 10 days with <laughs> yes, and by the way, I, I would like to say that if we do this one again, I would love to have more ladies. I would really, I really, it just, it balances out so much. And sometimes when we say it's for engineers and scientists, sometimes that can be off-putting. I think that's very unfortunate because, you know, um, the, the female engineers and scientists I have worked with, are always incredibly, incredibly insightful. So, yeah, if we manage to do this again, I would love to invite the ladies to join us. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure they were invited this time. True, too. but I want to, pers <laughs> want to personally invite them. Oh, personally invite them. Okay, yes. all right. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure how that works, but uh, mm -hmm. but I'm up for it. I'd like to see how, how you do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Anybody else have any? Oh, yep, 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 yep. Um, <clears throat> anyone questioning to PDC or not to PDC? I would say definitely take a PDC um, course if you're interested in permaculture, design, if you're interested in gardening, or if you want to know more about how the world works and all the different connections in the world. Um, you're, th it's a course to take because in going through college, they don't really connect all of the different fields of study. like like is done in a PDC course. Um, so that was something that is, um, I think, a really impactful way to look at the world and have all the big connections and interrelations kind of webbed and pulled together. Um, and it definitely is pretty eye-opening. All right. <clears throat> Anybody else? Uh, I'd, I'd like to add um, that uh, uh, I don't want anyone to be discouraged if they don't have... Um, impressive uh, backgrounds like uh, those who are engineers. Uh, I have some college and that that is the extent of my background and uh, Yeah, but you did a lot of study before you got here. You I, were naming off yeah. plants and stuff. I, I did. I did a lot of um, on my own self-taught stuff by either just doing research like Paul said, getting some experience on my own just putting my hands on the ground um but uh, my point is, is that you can indeed do this with success without having 
gone to some official thing beforehand mm -hmm. and take a lot out of this and just been a very good helpful experience mm -hmm. yeah 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 and seth has been just a really amazing part of our class and i would like to say this i mean i i come from a place you know where i'm in huntsville where my very first pdc i had two phds six engineers i mean it was like that but some of some of my best students have actually had no college degree, and some of the sharpest people I've run into have had no college degree. So I have definitely learned not to be what some people would call a degree bigot. Oh, you don't have a college degree. You can't know anything, that sort of thing. That's, you know, I've, I've run into people who have college degrees who... Ooh, you know, <laughs> ooh. And then you run into people who, you know, are self-taught, and they're some of the most resourceful and the most insightful people. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think that's important thing. You know, it's, you don't have to have a piece of paper from a very expensive institution. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I actually had one lady who took my class. She had just finished her undergraduate degree. And at the end of the PDC, she came back and she said that she felt like she got more take away information that was usable and memorable from a PDC than she got from her entire undergraduate degree. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's an indictment on the way that some colleges put all this information out there in front of you, but they don't build it into any kind of coherent context where it's memorable and actionable. You have all these different classes, and what you see is a lot of people will take an individual class, they'll pass it, they'll get their A, and then it's like, okay, off to the next thing. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know... Flush. Don't forget to flush. Flush, flush, yeah. flush it, and <laughs> brain flush, and then off to the next class. And you get you, you talk to them when they just get out at the end of their degree, and you're like, what did you pay for? Well, yeah. you know what they pay for is a piece of paper that says they're employable. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the amount of real actionable information in their brain and then how it's been pieced into a larger context that helps them understand the world and work in the world, then it's a lot of cases it's very regrettable that what you see when you start talking to people. So yeah, to me it's it's like not how many classes did you sit through, but like what did you do? Did you learn it? Did you put it into context? Can you work with it? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, did you want this? Sure. Okay. Um, I would just I would just say yes for sure to a PDC, um, especially with Alan. This uh, this course has gone so much further into depth uh, of so many subjects than I bargained for for sure. Um, and it really helped, I think, being in the in a more uh, in a setting that was maybe geared more towards engineers um, and professionals, which I am not. I'm a chef. So I'm not coming from that realm, but everything was very, very easy to understand. I mean, he told us in the very beginning, you know, strap in and I'm going to turn the fire hose on. Um, and he did. I blew through three pins, I think. Um, <laughs> notebook. It was the, the information that, that I got out of this um, is, is life changing. Definitely. What? All right, I want to. She's share her hand. Yeah, oh, you, you're, you're trying to. I add just something. wanted to say that on the resume of Alan, uh, it stated that he followed uh, storytelling classes, and I thought that was really um, intriguing for an engineer, and uh, and it is a wonderful skill that he masters very well. That 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 really makes the pace 
the pace is still very high anyway, yeah? but it makes it uh, really memorable. We, there are so many things that we will remember just because of the stories. And I think every day was pretty full from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah. 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 And, and, and so should we, should we cut some stuff out? No, no, add some, no. Days, add some yeah. days. Please add a week. That would be perfect. Oh, add days. Add a week. Add, add a week, yes. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. So, Fred, you've been here for all four of the PDCs that we've offered. And so um, what are what are your thoughts on, on what you've been able to observe of this PDC? Uh, I mean, yeah, it seems like Alan's a great teacher. And um, I wish I could have sat in on more of it. <laughs> well, we wish we could have had it. He actually, yeah. Fred just threw in all kinds of really cool little tidbits, you know, here, there, and yonder from his experiences. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's, he's kind of like usually a little kind of quiet. and Yeah, he's nice. Back. He's nice and he's quiet. <laughs> I don't understand why he's here, but he's here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah he's innocent, and then he just kind of like opens his mouth and just drops some wisdom on us. So, you know, we just loved having him hang around the back of the classroom. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I can to this as an architect, not because of architecture, because I am homesteading. And this was tremendous. It gave me such a framework to move forward with that I feel very confident I can do this now. Mm-hmm. So you, you feel like, so you're, when answering to PDC or to not PDC, you're saying that without the PDC, I'd be floundering. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So that sounds like a big positive vote. I'd like to just make one last pass around the room, and this is going to sound a little odd, but um, uh, I kind of feel like I have neglected sharing with the pod people the things that we have built here. Um, There's a couple of things that we've talked about in the podcasts about what's here, but I kind of want to get an idea of, like, what's, what's your favorite artifact here at Wheaton Labs that you saw or played with or whatever? And so I'm going to start with Jessica. Well, because I want to build one this fall, I was really excited to see the Solar Dehydrator, and I gave it a much closer look and looked inside. And it's large. It's large, and I actually want to measure it before I go because I may want to make mine as large as the one here, but I need to go home and, f- and figure out if that'll fit. You'll need a ladder. Yard. You'll need a ladder. I have a ladder. Yeah. I have yeah. a ladder. We have something around. You can just check cool. with Fred. <laughs> so that was really exciting. And it's a beautiful solar dehydrator. It yeah. looks beautiful, and it, and it seems to work really well. So excited about that. Um, I was not particularly excited with the technical things here because uh, I'm not an engineer, but I have to say I really appreciated the rocket mass heater that was uh, laid on on a very, very cold morning. (laughs) Um, I would have to say we planned a shower party and we fired up the rockety heated shower um, that's built out of some beautiful cedar or something it's gorgeous um and it was it's a really nice shower just want to clarify that's like an individual shower party not a group no. shower party. <laughs> we're not that kind of site yeah, exactly right <laughs> yes now you know why the women were glad that there's more women here <laughs> i'm gonna go um, I think I really dug the the J tube cooker um, and the the rocket oven. I think that was awesome to see up close and really get get the idea of how it works. And I'm gonna go home and build some. 
Oh yeah. Hey, Rocket Oven Kickstarter going on right now. Go support the Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, to tell you what, I was going to go I was going to go last, but since Ryan brought it up, mine is actually the Rocket Oven, and I'll tell you why. It's because I've built barrel ovens before, which are similar concept, but they don't have the J-tube on them. And I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, ah, I, somebody needs to take the time and put a J-tube on this thing because it's a wonderful oven concept, the barrel oven itself. But if we could put a J-tube on this thing, it would just rock. And so then I saw Paul was going to do this Kickstarter, and I was like, ah, cool. So now I've got to see it, right? So I, I actually really like this technology. It's like it's married a couple of things that make an awful lot of sense. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of my personal one on this particular trip to see that when I'm here. So now um, uh, you've, got, you've got experience with other wood-burning ovens. A lot, yeah. And so uh, what can you say as a comparison between what you have experience with, a lot of experience yeah. with, and what you've observed with this one? So I thought you wanted this to be a short podcast. I do. <laughs> I, I do. I, yeah, keep it under a minute. Um, you know, I've used cob ovens. I've used open campfires. I've actually cooked for like 50 people for four days over an open campfire. I've done everything from that all the way to, you know, using the cob ovens and all the and, and the L-tube rocket stoves and blah, 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 blah. And um, I just say as a wood-fired oven technology, it's like the most practical in the widest range of applications. You know, I can come up, I can tell you how to use a cob oven if you really plan it carefully, like how to get everything out of it and stuff. Mm. But you have, to, you have to plan that. This thing can be up to heat in 15 minutes, and it's very efficient on wood for Seven and a half minutes. Well, that's only a... <laughs> can be. Can be. Yeah. Yeah, but we, we, we'll bill it for 15 because that's under a wide variety of circumstances. We can reliably get it to up to cooking temperature, right? So it's mm. as fast as preheating your oven inside. And, faster, faster, yeah, faster. At, at least you know, it, probably faster. And, um, <laughs> Just helping out here. Yes, but okay. but mostly for comparing yes. it to the other wood-based ovens. Right. I'm hoping that you're going to say like it uses a speck of the wood. It uses. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and it burns way cleaner. Yes. Yeah, it burns way cleaner. And you know, one of the advantages here is it is a white oven, which means that you can bake pies and other things, pastries and so forth. They don't get wood smoky flavor on them, so it's very versatile, right? Mm. So. Yeah, it's it's a really cool technology. Um, so I'm really kind of going to enjoy watching it. I know it'll continue to improve. And the one last thing I want to say before I hand it off is this: you know, one of the things to remember is when you come here, this is Wheaton Labs, right? Which means there's a lot of really cool experimentation going on. So if you expect to come and have everything working as if you're going to like a you know resort hotel, then that's not what you're going to find because yeah. that's not what this place is. This place is a living, operating laboratory in which we're participants. So you have to understand when you come that that's where you're coming. And if you understand that, it can be exciting that, yes, there are things that are still being worked out because that's what this place is for. I think you just said we experiment on human beings. No, I said we, yeah, exactly. Exactly. We do. Come on by. We're going to experiment on you too. Right? No, I said you are part of the experiment. In other words, you know, all these systems are here to support human beings, right? They're, they're, They're here to support our quality of life, which means that in order to test them, we have to have human beings interacting with them. We, we have some huge wins, some yes. enormous, magnificent wins, right. and we have some things that are complete failures that we've thrown away, yes. and we've had some things that are like, 
needs optimization, yes. but we're on the right path. Right. And so I like to think that what mm -hmm. we're doing here is um, uh, blazing the future of appropriate technology and permaculture. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, you know, I think what's going to happen is that sites like Wheaton Labs all around the world, because we need lots of them. Yeah. Okay. Need to do the, as you said, blazing. You're kind of on the, what, what an engineer would call the bleeding edge. Yeah. We're on the bleeding edge, and it's called the bleeding edge because you are, you're blazing new ground, and it's, sometimes it's ugly, and sometimes it doesn't work, and sometimes you have spectacular, as you said, spectacular wins. Sometimes you have spectacular failures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is somebody else can take it and kind of clean it up a little bit more, make it pretty, you know, mm -hmm. right. and then move it into much more widespread, mm -hmm. you know, use. But that can't happen unless somebody is doing the hard work mm -hmm. of being right there on the edge. So, you know, understand that's where you're coming if you're coming mm -hmm. to hang out at Wheaton Labs and just, yeah. you know, dial in your expectations there yeah. and hang on for the ride and have a lot of fun and just expect that. I, I think we've got some things here that They're fall awesome. into the space of pretty. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I think mm -hmm. I think uh, we're getting way better in that space. Yeah. Like the couch balcony would be. Yes. Example. Yeah. There's. Yeah. Absolutely. I guess we, I, we, All right. We kind of short circuit. We need to go over to South. So what, so what you got, Seth? This is a really hard. Uh, uh, there's there are so many things that they were just like wow. I'm now seeing this in in right in front of me, and. I, I know I can do this, and I can know I can do that. There was the Wafatis, both of them. There was the rocket mass heaters. Uh, there were, uh, there's the rocket mass oven. Um, then there was the Willow Bank, which I had far more experience with than anything else. Uh, <laughs> and uh, deposit now. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I loved using that thing. I felt like, especially with, because I was eating here with Jocelyn's amazing food, and so I, and I, I mean nothing but organic food and. The food's fantastic. I feel like whenever I go to that Willow Bank, I'm depositing gold. And <laughs> I loved it. I look forward to going to the Willow Bank. So that was that was great. Uh-huh. Alright. I, I think uh, I think that's gonna be that's gonna be it for that. Anybody else have anything else to say about PDCs and just things? Do and, just, yeah, yes. just do it. Just do it. Yeah. I I wanna thank the uh, Alan for putting this on and I wanna I wanna thank the students for, for like that's the first PDC we've had without any drama and usually it's like there's a dozen drama elements every PDC mm -hmm. and it's like wow that was a sweet ride um, uh, oh I, I want to do it like this all the time and I kind of feel like a PDC for scientists engineers fit, fits the whole Wheaton Labs theme uh, and so it's like yeah let's let's do more of that if you like this sort of thing Come on out to the forums at permies.com where we talk about permaculture design courses, homesteading, and permaculture all, all the time. time. <laughs> Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash paulwheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts. <laughs>